Welcome to the WREL Daily Download. I'm Jack Hagel. North Carolina is sending a balanced delegation to Congress. That might make sense in a state that's split evenly politically, but it's more complicated than that. And two years from now, it probably won't be as balanced. WRL state government reporter Brian Anderson has been covering the state's congressional drama, and he's here to tell us all about it. Brian, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Brian, the last time you were here, it was before the election. So let's start with what happened on Election Day at the congressional level, how the parties performed, and how that factored into the national picture. Well, currently we have eight Republicans, five Democrats, 13 seats in North Carolina's congressional delegation. With this new U.S. Census data that came out, there was some population growth, so we got a 14th seat here in this state. And what did the voters do on Election Day? They elected seven Republicans and seven Democrats, evenly split. And that sort of reflects the statewide vote, even though Republicans had a, a slight edge statewide. And so what does that mean for these national parties? You're going to have a Republican-controlled Congress, but not by those wide margins that the GOP had hoped for. And part of the reason for that is because Democrats made some gains in a couple of key congressional races. Now, how long that will last remains to be seen. Now, in North Carolina, we know that the party in power in the state legislature, in this case, the Republican Party, draws the voting districts. One might think that they'd be better at drawing maps that would favor them. You know, that happens in states across the country. So are, are they just bad at drawing maps? I mean, they would say they're pretty good at drawing maps. They've had trouble at the judicial system agreeing with them that they draw good maps. And so you might remember... Last year, the North Carolina Republican-controlled legislature introduced maps that actually could have given the GOP up to 11 of the 14 seats up for grabs. Now, the state Supreme Court struck that down, said, hey, go to the drawing board again. And the legislature came up with a a new map that was a, a little bit better for Democrats, but not to the extent that the judges had hoped for fairness. And so... In that redraw, you could have had maybe 10 Republicans and four Democrats in a, in a good election year for Republicans. But a lower court was ordered to review that map, and they said that the redraw wasn't good enough. So we're going to use our own independent redistricting experts, have them draw a map, and we're going to implement that, but only for the 2022 election. So next year, Republicans are going to go back to the drawing board and try to enact a map for the remainder of the decade. So in other words, the current delegation probably won't last and there's a pretty good chance it'll be lopsided come 2024 after those elections, correct? I mean, it's hard to see a scenario where Republicans want a 7-7 map when they've previously advocated for maps that could have given them 10 or 11 of the 14 seats. So that's the expectation. And there's really not much of a game plan and playbook for Democrats to combat that. So what are the odds that that map will be challenged? And for that matter, will they hold up to judicial scrutiny? Well, let's start by saying this is a redistricting process that's supposed to take place once every 10 years. In North Carolina, uh, allegations of racial gerrymandering, partisan gerrymandering have long been a part of this state's history. But In increasing years, it doesn't seem like this once every decade fight. This has become an every election cycle fight. Uh, So how successful will Republicans be is really the question. And you have to keep in mind the state Supreme Court has flipped from a Democratic 4-3 majority to a 5-2 conservative majority that will be in place through at least 2028, provided there are no uh, deaths, resignations, some, some startling departures. Republicans will have their state Supreme Court majority. And that's important because the newly elected justices 
uh, Richard Dietz, Trey Allen, they have expressed more of a deferential view of these maps, and that would appear to be more favorable conditions for these Republican lawmakers. And you also have to keep in mind, Republican lawmakers had a pretty good election cycle at the local level, and so they are just one House seat short of a supermajority. So they actually expanded their majorities. And with redistricting, you don't need it to be signed off on by the governor, which in this case is a Democrat. So Republicans really control their own fate here. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about what this means for some of the state's newly minted Democratic congressmen. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the WRAL Daily Download. We're talking with WRAL state government reporter Brian Anderson about the future of North Carolina's congressional districts. Brian, a new congressional map in 2024 will likely put some of the state's Democratic congressmen on the hot seat. So walk us through some of the most vulnerable seats, and let's start close to home. So we have the 13th congressional district here in the Raleigh backyard, and that includes the southern portion of Wake County, which is downtown Raleigh and a little bit below that. You've got parts of Harnett and Wayne County and all of Johnston County. And this is an area based on past voting cycles that would slightly, ever so slightly, favor Republicans. But it's really the lone toss-up district in the state for the 2022 election. And this race was won by Democratic State Senator Wiley Nickelover, Republican political newcomer Bo Hines. And Wiley Nickel on his own has expressed concern that this district might not last. While he has said, I'm going to run in 2024, no matter what the district looks like, at least that's his plan as of now. Uh, there is certainly some concern from his end that, hey, this is the most competitive congressional race. It's likely to be sought after by Republican lawmakers. Now, the first congressional district in the northeastern part of the state, that could also become more competitive. Yeah, you might remember back last year when Republicans introduced this map this is the seat of G.K. Butterfield, and it was pretty much a, a coin toss race. Now, he's the a long-term congressman in that area, uh, highly respected in Congress. Yeah, and when he saw this map, he said, now might be a good time to retire. <laughs> and so that created this opening for Democratic State Senator Don Davis. And he entered this race at a time when there was a less favorable map last year that was put forward by Republicans. But the map that was ultimately enacted gave the seat a... a Decent Democratic lean, but this was a seat that in 2020, Butterfield won by about nine points. Davis won by about four and a half points as we're recording this podcast now. And the important thing to keep in mind is that this is a, a changing area that has seen some infrastructure growth, some some growth outside of the triangle as, as people leave for maybe more affordable areas. But it's also a very rural area and expansive area. I mean, it stretches from Wilson to Elizabeth City, and it covers a lot of rural communities, particularly along the North Carolina-Virginia border there. So this is a district that could become a, a, a pretty close toss-up 
Uh, I wouldn't put it in the camp of Republicans are definitely going to win this in a redraw, but I would say it's based on how Republicans have acted in their previous maps. This is going to be a far more competitive seat in 2024. And we would expect to see Davis running again there, right? Well, one would expect. I mean, I asked him if he would commit to running and he said, you know, I haven't even been uh, sworn in. Why would I even think about 2024? I'm focused on serving the residents of Eastern North Carolina. And if you had a nickel for every time he said serving the residents of Eastern North Carolina, you'd be a, a wealthy man. Uh, he says that's where his focus is. But he was a, a Democratic state senator who's gone through this redistricting process and has seen lawmakers in action and is very much aware that it could be a, a vulnerable place, but he feels good about his chances. And again, this is a, a seat that still has good Democratic prospects in it. Now, out west in the Charlotte area, there's one candidate who's particularly vulnerable. Yeah, that would be Democratic State Senator Jeff Jackson. Uh, he was a former U.S. Senate candidate who ran against Beasley, but bowed out of the race to, to make way for Beasley. And he bowed out uh, in December of 2021, not knowing that there would be a congressional home for him necessarily. And uh, when the map was finalized in February 2022, he got into this race pretty quickly, and it covers parts of Gaston and Mecklenburg County, which is, like you said, just outside the Charlotte area. And Jeff Jackson is someone who has had a Beto O'Rourke-style method of campaigning, very retail politics, stand on top of a picnic table. Uh, and so he likes to get out there and get to voters, which could help him if he runs for re-election in 2024 for this district. But if you had to look at this map right now in place today and what seat Republicans are most likely to recapture, I would wager it would be Jeff Jackson's seat. And so how do, how do we know that? That's because Republicans last year drew a map that really seemed to be drawn for House Speaker Tim Moore. And in November, it, the goal was basically, let's push out uh, the outgoing Congressman Madison Cawthorn and force him to the westernmost part of the state and just to the east of Cawthorn. Let's have a good Republican home for what what is likely Tim Moore. That seemed to be the appearance of the map. And then when they were ordered to redraw, they had more of a toss-up seat outside the Charlotte area, but still fairly favorable to, to a Tim Moore-like candidate. And we could very well see a strong Republican heavy district uh, where you could go into Union County, you could go into Cleveland County, which is where Moore's County, Tim Moore's County is. Uh, so you might not expect it to be as narrow as Mecklenburg and Gaston in 2024 and have a lot more Republican rural areas outside of it. And a Greensboro area seat could also be in play, right? Yeah, that would be the seat of Kathy Manning. She's a Democratic incumbent who has represented this Greensboro area. And why is she vulnerable? If you look back at the map Republican lawmakers passed in November of 2021, it was an area that had Guilford County pretty spliced up. And now under this court enacted map, Guilford County is uh, all in the congressional district. There's no there's no splicing. There's no splitting going on. And this is an area that is urban, Democratic heavy, uh, and so it was a seat that Kathy Manning won pretty comfortably this election cycle. Now, going to 2024, if you see Guilford County split into two parts, three parts, Kathy Manning could be in some trouble. So who would be some potential opponents? Who could who could be representatives for this area? Uh, well, if you're Republicans, you might look to political newcomer Bo Hines, who lost narrowly to Wiley Nickel in the 13th district we talked about earlier. 
You might also look to Congressman, well, former Congressman Mark Walker, who was seeming to, to hope that a congressional district would be carved out for him. He was running for U.S. Senate and, drop, and didn't drop out. There was some talk of whether he would or wouldn't drop out if there was a right congressional home, but that district never panned out in the court-enacted map. But if Republicans redraw, maybe you could see a return of, of Bo Hines in the Greensboro area or of Mark Walker. Now, these are all obviously very ambitious people. Um, some of them may find themselves without a seat in 2024. Meanwhile, you've got ambitious people in leadership positions in the state legislature who might also be gunning for those seats. Look into your crystal ball and tell us what those musical chairs might look like. Well, Bo Hines and Mark Walker would certainly be two people you could see running. And, and Bo Hines in his concession speech kind of suggested that, you know, this isn't the end of his political tenure and he's a very politically ambitious person. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him running again, maybe for the uh, a 13th district type of seat if that gets redrawn, or maybe a Kathy Manning type of seat in the Greensboro area. If you look at uh, Mark Walker, I think he would pretty much stay in that Greensboro area seat for Kathy Manning if that became a little bit more favorable. Uh, the other interesting one is House Speaker Tim Moore. Uh, he would run in western North Carolina, most likely in, in the Cleveland County area if a district uh, comes out that way. So I would say those are probably your, your three big people to watch for. But certainly there were people in the legislature who were upset that there was no politically favorable home for them on the GOP side because of the court enacted map. Now, with Republicans controlling their own fate, you might see some ambitious state lawmakers uh, try and craft some some districts for themselves. And that would certainly not be surprising. Well, it'll certainly be fun to watch how this plays out. Brian, thank you. Thank you. That's WRL state government reporter Brian Anderson. For his analysis of the state's congressional future, go to the NC Capital section of WRAL.com. And thanks for listening to the WRAL Daily Download and for making us part of your morning routine. Another great way to get WRAL news is the Morning Briefing Newsletter. It's a daily email with triangle news, events, and headlines to get you ready for the day. Sign up at WRAL.com newsletter. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.